Daddy's Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads Podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And we're a married couple with kids. Do you think that we could pre-record that and just use it in every segment? Maybe. Are we, are we a little fresh each time? How was uh, couples therapy last night? <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about this fact that we spend a lot of time talking about how valuable we think couples therapy is. And it is. It's really valuable. And it's sometimes hard to afford. But if you can afford it, I don't care who you are. Well, except... If you have a partner, do couples therapy if you can afford it because it's amazing. But usually we come to couples therapy night and there's some burning thing that we have to talk about. I'm really pissed off at Jan because he did blah, blah, blah or whatever. And every now and then you come to, I almost said an episode because mm-hmm. I think of our, of our sessions as episodes. You come to an episode and you're like... I'm kind of in love with him, and I don't have a lot of horrible things to say. What should we First do? First of all, it happens, you know when? Well, granted, we're doing couples therapy for what now? Six years? Seven years? I before the longer. kids were born, yeah. we started. Oh, yeah. And and yeah, we probably get to these what, areas. What, do you think we fixed it all? No, I'm not saying that. But <laughs> when I do say that, sometimes the week go by so fast that yeah. we don't have time to fight well, that's about true. anything. That's true. Because like, we're so busy like being with the kids and being you know at work and whatever, and we have so much stuff going on and doing the podcast that you know we forget to fight. And <laughs> then we get to couples therapy, and then what? We're like, oh, shit, the week has passed, and we it's true. don't have any issues. It's true, issues. and we've had episodes... We've We've had sessions, I gotta stop saying episodes. We've had sessions where we started and I'm like, you know, I have nothing to say but sweet, wonderful things about my husband. And then halfway through, like I'm saying, fuck you. And we're like, you know, yeah. hanging up the phone. <laughs> yeah. So, but that didn't like, happen. That didn't happen. This was a, a somewhat. Uh, only um, two weeks ago it happened. Did it? When we had a fight. Yeah. We, had a, we had a very. And Alex just left in the middle in the Zoom and I'm like, okay. And the therapist is like, okay. Well, so I guess we're to, done for today. We don't need to tell them about my. About your tantrums? behavior i have an occasional tantrum yes every time before we go on to the couples therapy i'm like alex what are we going to talk about today? well i know i know you and do that and then also if we feel like we don't have anything to talk about you have this very twisted notion that we're wasting oh, money we're wasting money and that's just <laughs> not true because like look any opportunity that we have to talk to each other about pretty much anything with the assistance of one of two entities either mark our wonderful couples therapist or all of you, our listeners, which I don't know if we've discussed this before on the podcast, but there is a certain calming influence to recording the podcast because, you know, like somehow I have to be on my better behavior because we're recording it. So, yeah. you know, we're getting like doubles, double couples therapy. We already, we already invited people, couples who are in trouble to come and record, uh, be our guest, guest mm-hmm. host. Yeah. We, so if we haven't done that, let's do it now. Right. If you're a couple in a problem and Are you, you sure want, this isn't a terrible idea? Why? Also also will they pay us? Because no. the way I see it, well No, it's a service, a community service. <laughs> okay. If you want to share your You don't have to share. The thing is we don't sometimes trouble. we don't share, Alex. No, we don't share true. our problems. No, that's true. We just record the, the episode and then sometimes it's like you feel better about each other after. Oh, oh, it's like a dry no? run. Oh well we could do that. Absolutely. Daddy squared. Daddy squared around the world. Every episode we visit a different country. Today is Brazil. Oh. 
Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's take a moment. I know. Um, you know that it's almost like the end of the season, Alex. I know. We have like two weeks away from season finale. It's amazing. It's amazing. I feel like I feel like I've been I should have one of those t-shirts with the names of all the countries and the date, you know, from What from about that movie with George Clooney when we deserve like a mile total mile? No, I I prefer to mileage. think of us I I prefer to think of us more as like rock stars that were on tour than, you know, the yeah. The George Clooney. What was that? Up in the Air. An amazing movie. Yeah. yeah. Facts about Brazil. It was founded in September 1822. Mm-hmm. Population is 214 million people. Yeah. I think it's the biggest it's a, country we've visited so far. It's a big country. Yeah. yeah. The currency is the Brazilian real. Okay. It's uh, 20 cents. Okay. Uh, and the national food is... Oh, shit. I should have looked how they pronounce that. What is it? What is it? Feijohada, Feijohada, no, or maybe no. Feijohada. Yeah, it would be Feijohada. Show it to me. Yeah, Feijohada. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how it's Mario. pronounced. Yeah, um, it's um, it's meat. <laughs> I can tell you all. With no, no, actually, knowledge. it's beans. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's Portuguese. Uh, Feia, Feichao. Well, don't. It's. Uh, I'm not to gonna. Hurt, I'm not gonna pronounce that. But it right. comes from the word beans in Portuguese. Okay. Um, it's a black bean stew that is brewed with a variety of salted and smoked pork and beef ah, products. I knew there was going to be pork and beef and pork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things you didn't know came from Brazil. Okay. Color ID. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. In 1977, a Brazilian inventor, Valdir Bravo Salinas. He filed a patent application for caller ID uh, device. I would like to know whether it's okay to make fun of your spouse or partner's accent. Is that something we well, can talk about? Well, you do that anyway. I know. Right? And I think it should be fine and fair. I do. We'll talk about that in maybe another episode. We need another... Feed, we need feedback from our listeners who have relationships with people with funny accents. Um, to, to, to Thank you for saying that my accent is funny. It's and funny. thank you for boosting my uh, self-esteem, <laughs> Alex, really. Okay, second thing you didn't know came from Brazil, uh, Natura & Co. It's a giant skincare company that uh, owns Avon, Natura, and The Body Shop. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Um, and the last thing uh, that came from Brazil is Brazilian wax. Oh, the Brazilian wax. Yeah. You have it now. I most certainly do not. I have to tell you, I it's don't understand. Opposite. Alex is the opposite of Brazilian That's wax. That's not true. <laughs> I'm relatively well kept, but I will tell you, kempt, but I will tell you that, yeah, when I hear about what these what these people do, it's like, why don't you just like drink a whole bunch of wax and pull it out of your, you know, tutu? One extra thing that came from Brazil is yes. uh, Giselle, the supermodel, yes. who's married to Tom Brady. Yes. She was ranked the highest paid model in the world. Mm. Mm. Just okay. so you know. And she appears in The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I have a hard time getting particularly you know, excited either about her or her freaking husband. So I don't know. Okay, let's say. talk about Brazilian wax. No, let's talk about Brazilian men. Okay. Let's just talk about Brazilian men for a minute. There is such a thing as too much hotness in yeah. one country. It's not right. And I Can think I name someone in particular it. or is it uh, wrong? No, is it a random Brazilian man? A well-known one or just some guy? No, an Instagram one. No, no, we're not giving clicks to people here. No. Um, (laughs) No clicks for any of you. Our guest today is Fabiano Contarato. He's a senator. And the reason why I say it in Italian language is that because he told us that he's um, originally originally an Italian. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. His father, I think. Uh, he's the first openly LGBT person to be elected to the Brazilian Senate. Right. He was the most voted candidate for the Brazilian Senate in the state of Espirito Santo uh, during the 2018 Brazilian general election. I want to know if over- people correct me about this. Espirito Santo, I'm pretty sure, means the third of the Trinity. There's the father... There's the Son, Jesus, and then there's Espirito Santo, which is the Holy Ghost. I am a Jew, so I don't know from this stuff, but if I have it right, hello at daddysqr.com. Let me know. Uh, So he's also a Brazilian law professor and a former police chief. Wow. I know. He's going to mention it in the interview. Um, And so something different that we did uh, this week is that we were asked by Fabiano, because he wasn't sure about his English, to have a translator in the studio. So we asked the questions in English, but he responded in Portuguese, and we had somebody to translate it, which is our friend Mario. Oh, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that he was a wonderful house guest that was staying with us, and we knew that he spoke more than one language. No, we didn't know. Well, I did. I knew that he spoke more than one language, but we were saying out loud, we were saying, oh, God, we have to find somebody to translate for us. And he's like, oh, I happen to speak Portuguese. You're like, dear God, how many languages does this man speak? By the way, he speaks a lot of languages, Mario. He's very, very impressive. Yes. So the way we did it was, you guys should be used to hearing this whenever there's a translation, is we asked the questions in English, um, and Fabiano did start to answer. We let you hear a little bit of his voice, uh, but the main voice that you'll be hearing answering is Mario, who is was kind enough to translate for us, did an amazing job. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear the full interview with his full answers in Portuguese, yeah. and some of Mario's, sometimes Mario like elaborate our questions in, in Portuguese, the whole thing is right now available on daddysqr.com slash Brazil. Wonderful. So just so you know, you can hear it there. I, I have to say that the process of interviewing somebody, talking to somebody through a translator is really challenging. I mean, I think that Mario did an amazing job, but wow, it is not easy. And I think to myself, the United Nations, we have lots of criticisms of the United Nations, granted, and they don't get anything done and blah, blah, blah. Well, one of the reasons why they might not get anything done is, damn, it's hard to talk through a translator. Yes, it's very hard. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, hop on the plane, Alex, to Brazil. All right. You don't have to do that. Here it is, the sound. (laughs) Going to Brazil. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Fabiano, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to interview you in English, and we have Mario with us, who is uh, going to translate it to Portuguese. I would like to start with a message that we got to our, to our email earlier this week, and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, it's, it's from a guy in Brazil. He says, Since I was 21 years old, I always dreamed of getting married having a partner, and starting a family. Unfortunately, here in Brazil, gay men don't like this idea. They prefer a life without commitments to anyone and much less children. Today, at 46, I feel more and more lonely. The people I met when I talked about marriage and children called me fanciful. And with that, they left. Today, my fear is to be alone for the rest of my life. Oi. Is that something that you see it's typical in Brazil, this kind of feeling for gay men? And what is the situation in Brazil uh, in general for gay men as far as equality and rights and acceptance? 
Brazil has a constitution that essentially guarantees equal rights under the law for all Brazilians, irrespective of background and sexual identity. But in actuality, the constitution, if it's essentially applied pragmatically since 1988, it is essentially a country that unfortunately is very sexist, racist, classist, and homophobic. <laughs> and homophobic, yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Theoretically speaking, under Brazilian law, I would essentially say that everyone under the sun is essentially awarded the exact same benefits, irrespective of race, gender, and sexual identity. However, in practice, I would say that that is not necessarily the case, unfortunately, and that it is just very pervasive, especially as it pertains to our nuclear families. I would say that in terms of the prejudices that we experience as gay men and other LGBTQIA plus people, it's our nuclear family, unfortunately, and our extended family that eventually ends up having the most prejudices against our um, kind. I will say that within Brazilian society, if a gay man is able to gain position through social economic betterment or through um, a better position of power, we do uh, end up gaining more rights within society. Fabiano, if you could, you know, we, we just heard an email um, and your response about what society uh, has been like and is like in Brazil. Um but we're very interested to hear what your life experience has been. Um, you know, uh, when did you come out? Uh, what is your family situation? Uh, so that we can get to know you a little bit. I was born uh, in a very conservative state, the state of Espírito Santo. And I was born into a Catholic family, which uh, complicated things quite a bit. I came out when I was 27 years old, and because of that situation, essentially, I was not afforded the same luxuries in terms of having an affectionate relationship. And now that I am 55, I feel that I essentially am awarded uh, those opportunities. I also uh, came into a profession with a lot of preconceived notions. I worked in the police force as well as part of um, teaching law, and essentially that inherently in of itself is you know filled with prejudices irrespective of sexual orientation ethnicity um social class status and just complicated things further however i am married um of 10 years i have a son gabriel i uh, we received him when he was about two years and eight months old and now he is seven years old and then we also have a daughter Mariana, and she is two years old, and I live with my husband um, of 10 years now. Your kids are adopted? Yes. Okay. So it would be very helpful if you could now give us a little bit of background on how a gay couple can create a family in Brazil based on the laws that exist in Brazil today. The rights of LGBTQA people within Brazil, unfortunately, did not transpire through the means that they ought to have had. Most LGBTQIA plus people gained their rights was not through the normal means of just legislation where you would have someone propose, okay, we need equal standing under the law in terms of being able to marry or adopt. Most of those rights were obtained through the Supreme Court, where we would have to fight for these rights. And granted, as of now, we have the right to marry, we have the right 
to adopt um, have families. But notwithstanding those facts, I would say that, you know, there's still pushback in general from the Brazilian society in terms of our level of acceptance. And that, in essence, is just problematic for myself personally in the sense that with my line of work, it is something that I would, you know, try to advocate for. Talking about, you're talking about laws that govern the way a married couple, for example, or children of a gay couple will uh, inherit access to property and pension and things like that. Understood? Okay. Um, It wasn't until 2019 that essentially the Brazilian Supreme Court gave equal standing and status to homophobic attacks at at the same plane as um, race-based attacks. And it wasn't until 2020 that essentially the federal tribunal in Brazil allowed for LGBTQA people to donate blood. Despite all of that, um, the prejudices of the Brazilian people and whatnot, I was able to, and the fact that I work within the police force and I am a law professor, I was able to be elected as senator of the state of Espírito Santo and have more votes than the current governor. Um, Fortunately, here in Brazil, homosexual men and women and LGBTQA people have the same rights of adoption as other um, straight counterparts. And luckily, it is a fairly easy process, essentially, where you go to some of the adoption agencies and follow the process. And, you know, once that happens, you're essentially on track to adopt another child. However, there is a process to follow in the sense that you would have to fill out all the paperwork. You would have to meet with a social worker or a psychologist, and then they would also have to visit your residence in order to assess whether or not it is adequate enough to um, house a child. But but in that way, it's exactly the same as a straight couple. The same way, there is no difference between um, LGBTQ. And luckily, there is no preference given to straight couples or LGBTQ couples. It follows a very linear process in the sense that whomever is in line first, that is the couple that is essentially going to be eligible for adoption. One of the matters that complicates the adoption process is that there are some parents that would essentially prefer a child look a certain way and that necessarily creates a bottleneck within the process where if you want a child that looks a certain way and you know you make no concessions it's going to take longer however there are a lot of couples such as my own that you know did not necessarily consider the color of the skin of the child the the way that the child would look and i just have loved out to give and that necessarily would make the process a lot faster than it would for some of the other couples. What about the other way? Do the interests or the desires of the uh, biological mother or father play into where the children are placed? In America, the, the biological parents in an adoption can have some input into where their children are placed for adoption. So it's not the same as it would be in the United States. Once they give up the child for adoption, they essentially relinquish any rights to the child and they have no say um, with whom the child should be placed. The adopting parents have all the rights to know about the, the history of the family and the converse does not apply. And once the adopting parents are within the process of adopting the child, they essentially have 
the equal voting rights as if though they were biological parents. Understood. Okay. Well, thank you. I'd like to move on to surrogacy. Can you give us a little bit of of, uh, what the current status is in terms of uh, the legality of surrogacy and who is using surrogacy and how they're going about doing it? Surrogacy is possible in Brazil. However, because of the legal code, the surrogate has equal footing as if it were a biological parent. Under Brazilian law, the mother, the biological mother, retains all rights to the child upon birth. The surrogate and the egg donor would, in essence, be able to lay claim to the child. Automatically, under the Brazilian law, they are registered as one of the parents of the child. And unless they are able to relinquish that right, either through voluntarily putting up, you know, their claim as a parent to adoption, they can enjoy all the benefits that a normal parent would have had in, you know, say a divorce arrangement where there is child support, there is, you know, money involved in terms of the the upbringing of the child. And under the Brazilian law, the caretaker, you know, that ended up being either the egg donor or um, the surrogate, they're able to enjoy those benefits. So the possibility of a lot of Brazilian, you know, gay men doing that, it's a very big financial commitment that most don't do. However, it is possible for the mother to essentially state, you know, hey, in this arrangement, I would want to say that I don't have, you know, aside from the biological claim, any other parental claim to the child and would essentially, you know, air quote, give the child up for adoption and then, you know, the parents, the gay parents would, in essence, be the primary caregivers for this said child. Wow. And is surrogacy um, actually popular amongst gay uh, parents in Brazil? No, For me personally, the route that we opted to take was the route of adoption because I'm of the belief that there are already a lot of kids out there and they just need love and they're essentially my reason for being. And in general, for um, surrogacy, we would say that it's not necessarily popular just because legally the mother still retains the same rights as a parent. So irrespective of the fact that I may want to be a biological father with my spouse the mother still retains the same rights as a biological parent. So that necessarily complicates things, and that is one of the reasons for which, you know, it may not be as popular in other um, places as it would be here. So what I'm understanding is that in Brazil, as a result of um, the fact that the surrogate retains uh, parental rights, um, both she and the egg donor and the uh, biological uh, father um, would all maintain rights to the child, and that is one of the reasons why it might be a less popular process in Brazil. Right, essentially because they're all eligible for child support, um, and that would essentially complicate things. The point of clarification that if you are able to have a surrogate, however, it's the, the, the egg donor and it's the gestational mother, that's when essentially the rights as a mother still apply. However, when it's a surrogate, when there's an egg donor and then there's a surrogate who has no biological relation to the child, 
that's when matters get complicated and essentially it varies from case to case and that's the um essentially the legal powers above that essentially decide how that nuclear family is ah. essentially formed well that does not sound like a very stable way of deciding how to have your children um i did want to ask one more surrogacy related question About and international yeah and then and then we'll uh, we'll move on to the last uh, portion um so one one final question about surrogacy is uh, do gay men in Brazil go overseas to do surrogacy and bring their kids, their new kids, back uh, to Brazil that way? That's done in a lot of other countries, and I'm curious to know if it's done in Brazil. Olha, aí entra em cena direito internacional. Se esse, se no país em que isso se deu é permitido. Brazilian law will essentially recognize international law where the child was conceived according to the laws of the country. So, for example, if the two parents were to go to the United States and conceive a child through surrogacy, as long as it's legal there, and then they bring the child back, the parents will be recognized as the legal parents of the child. And in comparison to Brazil, the gestational mother or the biological mother would not receive the same rights under the law as the parents of the the child who was conceived through surrogacy would. So do they do it? Do gay dads do it in, in Brazil? Brazilian uh, couples do do that. However, I don't have a specific um, number in terms of how many of them would opt for that process. Last question before we go to the... Uh, lightning round, Alex. Um, so you, as a very prominent gay senator in uh, in Brazil, how do you see your role as far as a role model uh, that gay men look up to uh, as a gay man and as a father? Essentially, I think that just because of my status as a senator should not preclude to the fact that I should be respected. I should be respected inherently just because of my worth, that it shouldn't be contingent upon my sexual orientation, the color of my skin, my social standing, and that essentially all men under Brazilian law should have equal standing. That is the, the great challenge of our time where we would hopefully have a society in which you know, our, we would have equal standing, notwithstanding the fact that right now I do exert a position of power that allows me to essentially change society. But I hope that we would get into a position where all of us, you know, irrespective of social, uh, social economic background, sexual orientation, um, ethnic background, we were able to, you know, form a better society. Well, here, here. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, Fabiano, I'm going to try to pronounce your last name. Contarato. Contarato. Uh, Fabiano. Uh, my, my grandfather was born in Italy. Okay. Ah, yeah? Okay. Fabiano Contarato, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, we understand that you are a professor and a senator, but now we get to the very difficult part of the interview. Uh, it's not difficult at all, um, but I like to say that. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. I understand that uh, your first child you uh, got when they were two years old. What was the first food that you f that you fed your first child? Então, o Gabriel nasceu para mim. I got him when he was about two. 
two two years and eight months old, and at the time I was single, and I did not know how to change a diaper or feed him from the bottle, and I just felt so helpless that I asked the super in my building to come and help me, and he helped me change the diaper, (laughs) give him um, his milk, essentially, and it just really made an impression on me. And um, now he just really loves uh, fruits and vegetables and hates junk food. He hates junk food. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a blessing. (laughs) Thanks, God. (laughs) You're very lucky that he hates junk food. Our children love junk food. All right, our our next. But Mariana, she's so different. She loves cake. She loves chocolate. She she loves (laughs) to eat junk food. (laughs) Okay. The next question is, what is your most frequent dinner with your family now? What kind of food? I love fish. My husband, Rodrigo, he loves to eat meat. Then my son loves to eat fruits and vegetables. And my daughter, Mariana, she loves to eat junk food. So essentially, we just partition everything. I get to eat my fish. My husband eats um, meat and pasta. And my son and daughter eat their respective foods. Excellent. Second to last question. Do you have a family cold or flu remedy that your parents or your husband's parents have passed down? I call my pediatrician if there's ever a symptom that my child may suffer, and I essentially follow the guidelines that my pediatrician gives me, so unfortunately I do not have a home remedy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Our final question, Fabiano, for you, and this is easily the most important one, is... Can you please give our listeners the name of a gay icon from Brazil that we must all know about? So from America, that could include Madonna or Cher. Um, uh, What is the equivalent that we must all know about from Brazil? A gay icon. I would say that uh, Paulo Gustavo Paulo Gustavo is essentially the the actor activist that I would say most people should know from Brazil. He unfortunately passed away this year. He left two children. They're about two years old. He probably had them through surrogacy in the United States. However, um, his work is very valuable in terms of being a great communicator, being able to break down barriers, being able to break down um, prejudices and help Brazilians have a, you know, a, a better perception of um, LGBTQA people um, all around. And, and part of his passing was due to COVID-19. And uh, uh, I just wanted to emphasize, too, that, you know, the humanitarian portion of it and the fact that he was... Um, you know, a great communicator, uh, great humanitarian, you know, great humorist. Um, yes, great humorist. Um, so we will, of course, put links to him on um, daddysqr.com slash Brazil. Uh, Fabiano, we wanted to say thank, thank you, you so much for taking the time. And I like to embarrass myself. So how can I say thank you, Fabiano, and goodbye in Portuguese? Help me. Um, Muito obrigado. Muito obrigado. Muito obrigado. Tchau. Tchau. Muito obrigado. Tchau. Até logo. Prazer. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fabiano. Bye bye. Tchau.
Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads podcast. We're back from the interview with Senator Contarato. Um, this is Jan. Oh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm still Alex, yeah. yeah. I have to say that uh, I was kind of shocked when he talked about Paolo Gustavo. Um, Paolo Gustavo was supposed to be on this episode as well. Oh. Uh, we started uh, talking and he was at, sick of COVID at that point and yeah. he couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, we started talking with uh, the senator Completely yeah, continue you, with sure. that. So, you know, uh, and then like I hear, so I completely forgot about Paolo. Um, and so he, he was an actor, a comedian, and such an important figure. And I'm saying it with the, like, I have goosebumps because he left two kids, two young kids uh, from surrogacy uh, that he had with his partner. And he was such a good influence. And I just, my heart goes out to all of his uh, family and his fans And, you know, every, every, everyone who knew him, because apparently he was amazing. So I'm, I just don't know what to say about this. Yeah. I'm sorry that he wasn't in the episode with us now, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been amazing? I'm sure he is at some level. <laughs> anyway. I wonder whether they're listening to Daddy Squared in heaven. Uh, maybe we should go through all the options for gay men in Brazil. Huh? Oh, you want me to say yes to yes. that? Yes. Say yes. Yes. Queen. I don't do yes, queen. Go ahead. It seems like from my research that adoption is the most common way and most the easiest way yeah. for uh, gay men in Brazil to become parent. Uh, it became legal in the Supreme, per Supreme Court decision in 2010. And the procedure is that you have to be qualified for adoption. And you do that uh, through the youth court in wherever city you, you are. And the average period of completing the qualification for adoption takes about four months, which okay. is uh, 120 days. Right. Um, there is full equality for, for gay men. So whether you're single or you're a couple, they treat you the same. So, wow, even for singles versus couples? Actually, singles were allowed before gay couples. Right, so before gay, well, that, that makes gay sense. Gay singles could uh, adopt in 2005. So okay. the, the only thing is that Fabiano mentioned it in the interview that... If you have like specific requests about what kind of child you want to yes. have, it takes a little bit longer. Well, but, I think that's you know, true in any adoption situation. And by the way, in surrogacy situations too, the, the more yeah. specifics you identify, the longer things take. Yeah. Uh, surrogacy in uh, Brazil, commercial surrogacy is not allowed in Brazil. Altruistic surrogacy is allowed. However, the surrogate does need to be a family member, maybe uh, one, two, or three uh, degrees separated from uh, the intended parent. Uh, but in that way, it is supported because there are no laws uh, against it. Yeah, and similarly to the UK, by the way, the surrogate uh, has the, all the parental right. And if she's married, her husband gets the parental right. So, and this is what makes it so complicated, right. basically, in Brazil, that most people would rather do it in the US or mm -hmm. in other countries, which is much more clearer, because not all the time it ends up being your child. It's a yeah. decision of a court. Uh, with co-parenting... Co-parenting is also decided, uh, can be decided by the court. And what's interesting is that they can give co-parenting to more than two parents. So in 2014, for example, it was the first time they gave a lesbian couple and a gay man. Mm. So three parents right. got uh, parental rights. So it's all about getting into court. And what uh, people advise in Brazil is not to find somebody online, similarly to other countries. Try to make it a more personal of a connection. Right. Um, I, What I don't want to recommend anything here, you know, because it's like everything seems so complicated in Brazil that it's best to really uh, consult with other gay dads in, Without, in the country. I think that's 
I think that that should be pretty much true for anyone who's crazy enough. Any gay man who's crazy enough to want to have children yeah. is consult with some gay man. By the way, we're gay men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> consult with that. But also, like, back to the, my first point, like, if I was living in Brazil, I would choose adoption, according to all of my research. I think that there are so many factors that any person has to consider in why they want to have children, what they envision, what their hopes are, all of those kinds of things. And all of that has to play into it. You know? right. Anyway, everything we said right now it's, uh, can be found on uh, daddysqr.com slash Brazil. Um, all of our research, and I think it's time to go to Men Having Babies Corner. Yes, um, and this time we'll be talking to Lisa Schuster. Lisa, who has been a surrogate herself, mm -hmm. will be talking about the nature of the relationship that you might want to have between an intended parent and the surrogate. Uh, and then also, of course, on an ongoing basis through pregnancy and afterwards. And she has some really interesting angles on what a relationship can be, maybe should be, shouldn't be. Uh, and it's worth looking into because going into this relationship is not without potential uh, drama. It's an extremely emotional process to have a kid. And, uh, you know, the, the pregnancy and everything else is uh, introduces a lot of challenges into a person's life. Understanding what your relationship with your surrogate uh, should be, could be, will be, is important. This is MHB Corner. You can find out what sort of relationship or what sort of interaction your surrogate wants by talking to her and being upfront uh, before you get started, before you um, go through medical screening or contracts, or certainly before you start that journey. First, you have to know, though, what's important to you, what relationship you want, what sort of level of interaction you want throughout the journey, and then talk to your potential surrogate and see what she wants. Does she want to talk to you every single day? Does she want to set up daily Zooms or weekly Zooms? Or does she want to text with you? What works best for her, what her, her vision of a journey is, and does that align more or less with what your vision is? And then you kind of take it from there. But if you're getting started from a place of wanting really high level communication to be, you know, uh, scheduled with her to have really daily check-ins. And she says, I'd love to check in with you after my monthly appointments and let you know how things are going. Then you know, it's not the right fit for you. And at that point, it's okay to, to walk away because the relationship is central to a surrogacy journey and making sure that whatever that relationship grows into or doesn't grow into, you kind of come into it with the same expectations of communication and relationship level. Manhavingbabies.org That was Lisa Schuster. Uh, she's the director of the Gay Parenting Assistance Program at Men Having Babies. You know, this is an organization, a wonderful organization. You should go to menhavingbabies.org and check it out uh, if you're an intended parent or you're thinking about it. Uh, and she oversees a program that is specifically about helping people financially with the process of surrogacy. So well worth your time. Daddy, that's QR.com. I would like to have a moment to talk about Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues, for those of you who don't know, is a show that is on Nick Jr., a segment of Nickelodeon, one of the most popular children's networks in the world. Uh, I used to work for Nickelodeon a hundred years ago, and uh, a friend of mine, who John, who also worked for Nickelodeon and no longer does, contacted me, and John said, listen, you're gay. I don't know if he said it that way, but that's the way I'm remembering it. You're gay. I'd like you to look at this uh, segment from Blue's Clues and tell me what you think. So he sends me a link to it, and I watched it. 
and I had a fucking heart attack and died. Here's what it was. Nick Jr., again, a show that's for very young children. This is for kids ages two, three, four, I think maximum five. It's a I would one- say even one. Maybe. Considering the Maybe. content. It's a wonderful show. It's been around forever. It's a mixed animated show with a single acting character named Steve. And it's really a great show. This segment that he sent me was in celebration of Pride Month. And it was kind of a little inserted segment during the show where there was a pride parade. And um, you know the the ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah, that thing? They used that tune and they sang, uh, a, a drag queen, an animated drag queen, sang this song about each of the floats, like a pride float that went by. And each of the floats was a type of family, right? Two dads, two moms, blah, blah, blah. Now, on its face, that sounds great. How amazing. Uh, a, a major television network targeting very young children is actually going to introduce them to different family types, something that on this show we've talked about many times as the right way to go. Introduce young children to the fact that, hey, there are so many different types of family and it's all good, right? Wrong. They fucked it up and they fucked it up big time. Why did they fuck it up? Because... They did two mommies, they did two daddies. Then I'm not making this up. They listed non-binary. They used the term non-binary families in singing to three-year-olds, right? As the float goes by. And by the way, the the, the, the characters on the float, you have no idea. What is that? What does non-binary even mean? It's, they didn't even say non-binary. They said non-binary. <laughs> okay, non-binary. Well, well, yeah, it was... It, <laughs> I don't know. So so here's the thing. There are obviously going to be, you know, right-wing Republican people who are angry at Nickelodeon for, you know, quote, indoctrinating children about LGBT stuff. I ain't got no problem with that. In fact, I'm extremely supportive of that, quote, indoctrination by all means, but don't do it so badly. What they did was, and I know because I have worked for entertainment companies my entire life, is some freaking executive way up said, we need to support the LGBT community. Good for him or her that she or he said that. That's great. But then what happened was it got down to the people who make the show. And the people who made the show, hey, a lot of gays and lesbians and transgender people, etc., involved in the making of these shows. I know Nickelodeon. So that's great too. Except this is where it goes to hell. Somebody who created that segment was an activist. Or just wanted to be proper. Well, potato, potato, right? They decided, well, we need to make a list. We need to list out all the different things, all the letters in the LGBTQI, and we need to represent them. No, no, you don't. What you need to do is you need to think about who you're talking to. You're talking to young children. You use language for them. You don't have to cover every topic in the rainbow. You can't because young children will not understand what non-binary parenting means. And I don't think that that should be your focus. I think you have to recognize that bringing children into this new world so that they so that they grow up being more embracing of diversity is an incredible goal and you should do it but you have to use your judgment in doing it so that you don't just spit out pablum that nobody is that these kids are not going to understand i wish that was my problem you know because i don't mind what's your problem with that with that segment right 
I don't mind explaining non-binary, but it wasn't. That's exactly the thing. The the lyrics are something like, the family is non-binary, they love each other so proudly. Hurrah, hurrah, okay? And this is what they did for every type. So it's not an explanation. That's right. That's not showing there's every, every kind of family. There is mommy and daddy and there is, you know, two daddies. No, it's like two daddies, they love each other so proudly. Two mommies, they love each other so proudly. Right. Hurrah, hurrah. It doesn't say anything. And like, do, a, you don't really understand the connection. I don't think it serves the purpose. It doesn't anyway. serve the purpose. And, this and is it's a very show. uncomfortable to watch. Very, very uncomfortable. And this is, and we will not present links for this on Daddy SQR. Why not? I want people to see Ugh, it. Right, I think maybe we, we will. Yeah, um, but you should, guys. You should you should see it and let us know what you think. But because look, Alex and I took it very like, I mean, Alex took it very harsh, <laughs> hard. I I would say I was I was just uncomfortable. Uh, no. I couldn't watch the whole thing. No, I'm pissed off. Well, by the way, that tune that kids do, you know, the ants go marching one by one and two by two. They got up to ten by ten. You want to kill yourself? But put that aside for a minute. You know. Look, Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. deserve a lot of praise for the way that they have pre- presented ideas to kids. Do they deserve as much praise as as PBS and Children's Television Workshop and Sesame Street? No, but they've done a pretty damn good job. And then they do this, and you're just like, dear God, you know, if you're going to do something for in support of the LGBTQI community, do it. Do it right. Care about it. Don't just check the boxes and say, look, we also satisfied our goals. It's bullshit. That was Alex's rant oh, for the I week. Feel so much better. I, I feel know, much, right? so much gayer than I did just a minute ago. Uh, that's, if, that's it for today, guys. Um, I want to thank Fabiano Contarato and I want to thank our friend Mario, who did such a great job uh, translating, and um, I'm glad we were able to use him <laughs> while, yeah. while he's staying at our house. And we're going to see you guys next week. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Daddy, that's QR.com.